Hey friends, welcome to the Kingdom Movement Leadership Podcast, where you can be equipped and inspired to grow and maximize your influence as a leader. I hope you enjoy today's episode. Vic, I'm one of the hosts. We also have Roman Trechek here. He's one of the hosts. We'll kind of tag team together. And we have a very special guest with us, one of my papas in the faith. I've known him for uh, several years now. And uh, he not only is a papa to me personally and to my family, but to um, our family, our church family, Kingdom Movement, and the school that um, I'm helping to lead as well, Kingdom Movement School of Ministry. So We're thankful to have you in our life, Randy. We're glad that we had you even for a week here at the school. And today in this leadership podcast, I really want to draw on you to really impart one of, I think, one of your greatest anointings and mantles that you carry. There's so many things that we could draw on you for, but if we could just take 20 or 30 minutes uh, to do an impartation, uh, I would love to even just share what your life has been for me, share that as a testimony and then kind of talk about how someone else can maybe get this impartation. Uh, So as, as ministers, I think our primary purpose is not to be ministers, it's actually just to be lovers of Jesus, to know him, Mm -hmm. to love him. And I think when we are loved by him well, then he uses us to love others well. And that's what I would define as ministry is really like receiving the Lord and then allowing the Lord to, to be uh, imparted or felt mm-hmm. by somebody else. And mm-hmm. so I think regardless of where someone's at in leadership, whether they're in official ministry or not, whether they lead a small group, but we all interact with people. And I think one of the most important things that we can do as we interact with people is to uh, open our heart. And so the impartation that I would love to talk about today is open hearts. Mm-hmm. And a phrase that we have gotten from you that has transformed our DNA, our culture, our community is this phrase that open hearts open hearts, right? that when we open our heart to someone, the response is that their heart becomes open. Mm -hmm. And as God opens up his heart to us and we see that, our heart is able to open up. Right. And so open hearts, open hearts. I remember probably two years ago or more, I was on a phone call with you. We were just kind of talking and you were starting to father me a little bit. uh, And you started bringing up this idea and you, you're like, Vic, in your ministry, because I'm such a kind of sometimes logical, cranial, intellectual kind of a guy. And uh, and you were really trying to, I think, father me into this idea of, hey, what if ministry looked more like you opening up your heart rather than opening up your gift? Or your or, brain. Yeah, the brain yeah. or a scripture or a revelation, <laughs> right? Yeah. Because we oftentimes like want to open up a revelation, a scripture, something that wows. Right. And and you really introduced this idea. And I'm like, that's a brilliant idea. <laughs> what in the world does that mean? <laughs> Let me think about that. <laughs> yeah. What does that look like? And I just remember you talking and you even shared a couple of examples. I don't know if we'll, uh, uh, maybe you could share a couple of them as you feel led, but even how times where you'd minister in, in different events, koinonia, uh, youth mm-hmm. culture events, and how you would were, were in the one that we're supposed to speak. And instead the Lord said, just come up there, open up your hands yeah. and let me minister. Let right. me flow. Let me flow out of you. And how you just come up and for 15 minutes, right. just stood up there with the mic in your pocket, just opened up your heart, really. I mean, it physically it looked like you standing on a stage, opening up your hands wide, yeah. but it was you opening up your heart. And then what was imparted into a room with, I don't know, thousands of people there. Yeah. 
probably a thousand, a thousand or, or yeah. so mm-hmm. people, and it just wrecked the whole entire room. And it right. was you didn't bring a revelation, you didn't bring a message, you brought the Lord and your history and experience with Him. Right. And so I think just as uh, as a father and as someone that carries the Lord, you've known the Lord for I mean, you've been married for almost forty years. You've been in ministry, I think, your whole life. You My were, whole life. You were yeah. born in a ministry family. <laughs> you knew the Lord since you were a kid, and you've had many, many visitations, encounters, experiences with the Lord, yeah. most of them that you've never, ever shared with, with with a large group of people or some maybe not never at all. But you carry a lot of history with a, like just a depth with the Lord. But the way that you, I have watched you over the years, open up your heart to people in one-on-one ministry situations, I think that has mm-hmm. probably affected us the most. So that's kind of what we want to talk about today. I'll read one passage of scripture and I want to just turn it over to you sure. just to kind of maybe give some handles to this. How can we do more than just bring a word, a revelation, a truth, a prophecy, more than our gift, mm-hmm. but really bring the Lord? Right. Uh, there has to be more. Us. Yes. There has to be more. How many of us have gotten revel- even deep revelation and walked away feeling empty? Or not even so so much empty, feeling like there's got to be more than that. Come on. You know what I'm saying? It leaves you hungry for more. Like there's there's so much deeper in there. I know there is, and you're actually trying to draw it out of them, but many times we as ministers, we we don't allow that to go out of us. Mm-hmm. We give the revelation. We give this little bit of an impartation of, of the revelation of Jesus or some teaching. And they're like, wow, that's incredible. It didn't change a thing. Yes. Yes. It, so it true. sunk in right here in yeah. our heads, but it never caused us to do what the Lord did, which was open up. See, I'm not saying to do something that he hasn't already done for us. Mm-hmm. And then... I'm saying we have to, as leaders, we have to do it first. We yes. can't expect our people to do something that we're not willing to do. Because if we minister as a sterile doctor with a white coat on, there's Dr. Strombeck, and I'm going to pray for you, and, and the Lord's going to touch you. Yeah. I mean, it's going to be very incomplete because wow. it's just a little piece of the Lord himself instead of, here he is. I'm opening myself up, and the... the Normally what we do is we try and dole out little pieces of the gifts or big pieces of the gifts. I can, and I wasn't saying this arrogantly in the school, but I can pick any of you guys out, prophesy over you for five hours because it's just a gift he gives us. And we turn it on and we can leave it on for as long as we want, but it's not the Lord. We can do it without him. Yes. It would have an anointing on it because he gave it to us. We are anointed ones, but it's not the Lord himself. It doesn't bring the depth of the presence. Wow. That's the difference for me. My goodness. So you're saying that God gives gifts and he gives them irrevocably. So Absolutely. he doesn't He doesn't repent says. and he doesn't take them back. That's in, in Romans 13, I think. And most of them you can use yes. a, as you desire. Without the Lord, mm-hmm. we can bring even a gifting with anointing, but without giving the Lord. The Lord himself. The Lord himself. Yeah, there's some presence on it. There's yeah. an anointing on it. But it doesn't go to the depths that is that the Lord desires it to go to and do the transformation. He's supposed to come and transform us. Come on. Okay, instead of just touch us. We can be touched all the time, but does it actually cause reformation or transformation inside of us? Like, does it change the way we think or does it just touch us for a while? And we go off and, you know, six months later, we forget, like, what the heck happened there? Wow. 
It's for transformation purposes, like lifelong changes. Wow. So what if ministry was less about the wow moment where someone's like, did you hear that amazing, incredible, anointed word? Right. And then they forget it the next day. How many, how many sermons, messages, podcasts have we listened mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. that we were blown away and then left untransformed? How many, yeah, you, you, the perfect example is you would say, what did he speak about? Yeah. Uh, I don't know, but it was good. Yeah. They can't even remember it. Instead of this is what it did to me when the when I heard I don't even remember what the dude said he's kind of crazy contractor but man the Lord came in the room and smashed me this is what the Lord told me not Randy wow because he transformed me he he healed my mind he you know I was molested and he took it off of me or whatever it was instead of I just got this light little touch from Jesus come on so ministering more than a message or a gift or an anointing but bringing the Lord Himself. Yeah opening our hearts so the Lord can come through. Yeah. And this is really what the ministry was. We see this in scripture. I want to just start with this one scripture, but 2 Corinthians 6, verse 11 and 13. It's fascinating. The whole chapter 6, you'll see this theme. And then in this chapter 7, Paul goes even deeper and shares some details of it. But let's just read this. I'm going to read out of the ESV, verse 11. We have spoken freely to you, Corinthians. Our heart is wide open. And then skip down to verse 13. In return, I speak to you as children. Widen your hearts also. Go back and read 12. Yeah. 12 says, you are not restrained by us, but you are restrained in your own affections. He's like, I haven't taken, I haven't put anything on you, any bondage whatsoever. You have only restrained your own affections. You have been the one that closed yourself off, not us. Wow. So he's he's encouraging to open up and he goes, listen, you guys are the ones that have closed off, not me. I'm wide open and I'm encouraging you to be wide open. So I, again, he's modeling it for them. That's incredible. And uh, and then in verse, th- yeah, so verse 11, 12, and 13, these, these, such an impartation here. I love even how the NIV says it. It says that, and uh, so we spoken freely to you, Corinthians, and opened wide our hearts to you. That's right opened wide, not a little bit, but fully. We gave all of ourselves to you. That's right. And so it wasn't just a message that Paul was trying to bring to them. He was saying, I'm going to let you see me, my heart, because it's really the Lord. Christ in us yeah. is the hope of glory. So, That's right. so, so it's not just like, hey, let me bring you Vic or let me bring you Randy. It's right. like, I'm going to open myself up and bring you the Lord because that's, that's he's right. on the inside of us. Out of our innermost being will flow rivers of living water. That's right. Yeah, that word affections, even in verse 12, the translation, the literal word is inward parts, inner parts. Wow. So it is the very inner nature of the man that they're trying to restrain when he's saying, come on, open yourselves up so that the Lord can come through you. That is amazing. Uh, another passage I'm reminded of when it comes to this theme is 1 Thessalonians 2 and verse 7 and 8. Very similar thing here about this idea of ministering the Lord rather than ministering a gift. First mm-hmm. uh, Thessalonians 2, 7, and 8. But we prove to be gentle among you as a nursing mother tenderly cares for her own children. In the same way, we had a fond affection for you yep. and were delighted to share with you not only the gospel of God, but also our own lives. 
So he says that we had, we were like a mother with you. We nurtured you. I mean, a mother gives of her own self and of her own substance as she's feeding her child. That's right. She's giving her DNA, her substance. Correct. And he compares it and it says, we were gentle. We were like a nursing mother. We cared for you. We're fond of you. And we didn't just bring you the gospel because there's power in the gospel. Yep. Romans 1, 16, you know, the, the gospel is the power of God for salvation. They didn't just come to bring them salvation, but they came to bring the Lord, that they would actually have an encounter with him, not just his message. So it says, we gave our own lives because of how dear you were to us. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Can you talk a little bit about how, what does that look like practically? If someone's like, I am hungry for more. Like I have... I have really brought my gift. I've always asked the Lord to come with an anointing, with a power, with a gift, but I haven't known how to really like open myself up. If you were to talk and father someone, like you try to father me over the years of what, what does that look like? Can you put some handles on this so that we can dive deeper into this? Mm-hmm. Um, if you, I'll give you an example. If you're praying for somebody, let's use it in leadership context, if you're praying for somebody, if you're ministering somebody, whether it's at the altar or whether it's at work or it doesn't make any difference. Um, I've had to learn how to practice opening myself up in the hard situations, like when I don't want to, when I'm not at my best. In other words, I'm having struggles in my own life. That's the hard time when we want to shut down. I want to put my wall up so you can't see the struggles I have but yet I have the ministerial responsibility to pray for you because you're hurting. Wow. And we'll have a tendency to wall ourselves off, put a smile on our face like everything is good, and pray for you and ask the Lord to touch you without even opening myself up to touch me. That's arrogance. Wow. I did it for so long because I was ashamed, I was hurt, I was betrayed, I was all these things, you know, whatever whatever I was living in. And I would not allow them to see my weakness when Jesus allowed us to see his weakness, when the apostles allowed us to see his weakness. How arrogant was I to wall myself off and not allow people to see me in my broken state, and yet at the same time still be able to bring the Lord, even when I'm not quote-unquote perfect. Wow. What does that look like for you to like show your weakness? What does that mean? Does that mean that you... You'll tell everyone all your dirty laundry or no. what does that actually look like? You're, you're talking to someone, you're ministering to someone or even a room. What does it look like for them to see your brokenness? I allow myself to be real. I don't, I don't air all my dirty laundry out. That's not what I'm talking about. Yeah. I'm talking about people know when you're being real or when you're being fake, hmm. especially your generation and, and younger. Like you can walk up to them and you can start talking 10 seconds. They know if you're fake or not. Wow. They know if you have a wall up, you can't fool them for a second. And if you do, if you think you are, you're kidding yourself. And then all you do is just start talking and then you can feel the wall in between you. And you have a tendency when you feel a wall to put the wall up even higher because like, well, wait a minute, you know, I'm having struggles. I don't want you to see my struggles. I don't, I don't want you to see the crap that I'm living in. It's not that I'm going to have to tell you all of it, but the fact that I can and open myself, I'm like, I'm an open book. Hmm. And I'm going to be real as I possibly can be in stages. That's a learned process. You understand? So the more I, more, the more I practice that, the easier it gets. 
if I can't, for me, the, the position I'm in right now, if I can't be open and real with one another, how can I expect people that are receiving from me to be that way? Come on. Again, I'm asking them to do something that I'm not willing to do. I'm asking you to open yourself up to some of the hard stuff in your life because you're saying, I I want prayer. I want some ministry. I want some healing. I want the Lord to come because I'm really hurting. And yet, at the same time, I'm not willing to to show you who I am so that the Lord can come in His fullness. Yeah. I think one amazing thing that I just saw this in practice is we did an exercise with some of our leaders where uh, you would have them share on something and then we would sense how open they were right. or not. Yeah. And we did some uh, activations where we even uh, shared something the Lord was doing in our heart without words. And the room could sense how open or closed they were in impartation. So one exercise was with words and another one was without words. And it was amazing to see a whole room of people that could actually know exactly what they were saying and how open their heart was simply, but not by listening to their language, but by sensing how they opened themselves oh, up. Yeah. yeah. I mean, have you ever, have you ever been with somebody that their personality almost takes over? You know what I'm talking about? Like somebody that's really flamboyant and their personality leads the conversation. Their personality is the first and foremost thing that you see when you're talking to them. Mm-hmm. And I realized that not all the time, certainly, but many times that person has that wall, but it's called personality that they put up to you so that you don't see who they really are, how tender they are, how loving they are. You'll see the bright and the perky and the loud and the flamboyant and the fun person. And all the while, they're hurting so much inside and it becomes a smokescreen because all you see is the fun, perky, flamboyant person. That's what mm. I'm talking about. So they it's, hide behind that. They hide behind it. And we, we hide behind our leadership, our pastoral roles or our whatever. We, we do it differently sometimes. Right. We'll still use our personalities. We'll use our positions. We'll use our anointing. We'll even use our own anointing that the Lord gave us to hide ourselves when we think we're actually being more holy by not showing who we are. Mm-hmm. When the Lord is saying in this and many other scriptures, like, open yourself up so I can fully come. Like Paul, all these guys are like, this is what we did for you. And, and you and I talked about that already, you know, about birthing him into the kingdom. Yeah. But with the right DNA, mm-hmm. instead of being hidden, you know. So I love the th- thought you mentioned in school today about how we see the church and this idea of kononia or fellowship and openness as a safe place. Mm-hmm. And we've preached that. We talk about that. We always almost like comfort people with, hey, this is a safe place. Right. It's okay. And almost preconditioned people to never be hurt. Right. Or, you know, offended. Right. And we now have to become that environment that doesn't hurt anybody. And uh, obviously in the right context, but what did you mean by that? That maybe sometimes church or this place is not supposed to be safe because that that sounds wrong. <laughs> it only sounds wrong because our culture tells us so. 
our our millennial culture, our you know younger generation culture, especially through media and everything else, we have to have safe places in order to open up. When if you look through the scriptures, most of the time that people opened up, the Lord, the disciples, apostles, all these people in scripture, they weren't in a safe place. They knew potentially they were going to get hurt, mm-hmm. or misunderstood, or lied about, or betrayed. So in reality. When you wait for everything to be safe, nothing really happens because, you know, you feel safe. Why, you know, there's nothing for me to do now. There's this, there's this feeling that I've got to be in this bubble mm-hmm. and, you know, nothing is going to harm me when life uh, is hard sometimes, not all the time, but life is hard sometimes. And, uh, you know, I think we have to toughen up some. Yeah, that's for sure. Like, uh, when I confront somebody or when somebody confronts me, especially my closest friends or you guys, I expect you to say, Hey, you know, I saw something here that I don't really like. Can you explain to me what you're doing or why you're doing it or whatever? That doesn't feel very safe. Mm-hmm. When I confront somebody, we would say confront them by or with or through love rather than just the details of the confrontation. Yeah. So if we actually do that, we cannot wait till everything is just perfect. And I feel like I'm in this bubble of safety in order for me to open up. No, that actually cripples. I mean, I hate to say it's so straightforward, mm-hmm. but it actually weakens the person. And I think sometimes we, when we overweight, you know, right. it actually turns into a pain or a frustration or, you know, some kind of... Um, brokenness out of which now we're we're beating them up right because we've first we didn't want to we didn't want to offend them we didn't want to hurt them and then it turned into a volcano erupting exactly and you ended up saying what you were gonna say but it came out a whole different way (laughs) yeah because you waited yeah so the example this is my daughter um she's now 33 but when she was a young teen in her younger years, I would help her fight her battles or fight her battles for her, spiritual stuff. When stuff would come out of her in her sleep, yeah, you'd go in there and you'd pray it off of her. But when she got up into her teens, I had to teach her how to defend herself spiritually. I had to show her how to you know, see things in the spirit for herself. And she would ask me, what do you think about that, Dad? And I would say, well, Rachel, what do you think about it? She's 14 years old, something like that. And she would tell me what she thought. That's teaching her... For to learn herself mm-hmm. instead of like you're saying this safe place like dad knows everything everything's gonna be fine right. I'm gonna take care of everything in your life no I'm not I want you to grow up and be a strong woman of God and stand on your own two feet go your own direction not my direction and so if we create this bubble it just literally weakens them mm-hmm. at some point it becomes bad for them I remember the thought you shared about Thomas and how he said. I will not believe unless I put my hand into his side, which was the open wound of Jesus. Yep. And how you said that for Jesus to like restore intimacy with Thomas and, and gain that gap, he, he had to allow pain Mm -hmm. um, to be there almost like a brokenness. Yeah for the sake of intimacy and his love and his longing for Thomas. Right. So the idea of living an open life and opening up your heart can be painful, mm-hmm. can, can cause us to be broken, 
Mm-hmm. And, and what does that look like? Even, even in that story in John chapter 20, when Thomas missed the first one, and then he came in and said those things, the Lord had so much love and compassion that he actually came and allowed that pain to take in his body. And that, I mean, can you imagine putting your hand inside somebody's body? I mean, just think about it for a minute. Yeah, putting, that's brutal. It's brutal. <laughs> it's brutal sticking your, some part of your hand inside of them just so that not, I don't think it was nearly a much about belief. It was about he still does love me and he's proving himself that he loves me so much more that he would come back again just for me. Wow. And he would allow himself to have this physical stuff happen to him again. And then so much more came because of that situation that he would have never had, you know, come on earth if he hadn't loved Thomas so much. He wasn't upset to Thomas. We call him Doubting Thomas. But he was just like, yeah, he did doubt, but he wasn't, he shouldn't have been called Doubting Thomas. He should have been called, I want to experience you the way none of these other guys have because I'm the one that actually got to put my hand inside him. Mm-hmm. And then it like, you think about it like that's like, wow, the level of intimacy that the Lord allowed a guy that was saying, I won't believe. Right. And, and that just shows me that God's not afraid of those kind of prayers uh-uh. oh, no. and those kind of conversations where maybe the other disciples that haven't seen him thought and felt the same thing. Right. But Thomas was the only one who uh, opened up his heart and became mm-hmm. raw, became real. Yep. You know, it might not, it, it, it might not have been the best thing to say, but it was the heart thing. Right. It was the real thing. Absolutely. It was a relational move. And we know Jesus didn't respond to religion much, but he responded to the heart, to the relationship. Yeah. And Jesus showed up because I think in a way we've seen Thomas as this doubting bad disciple where in fact, maybe he was opening up his heart and that was the invitation for Jesus to come. Yep. And it's also an invitation for people that doubt to be able to see he's a real man and he doesn't mind. He actually invites me to do this, to Mm -hmm. see the, the tough, you know, spots that I have, these little weak spots, yes, they're whole, but there's still a hole in my side. There's still a hole in my hand, and I'm going to allow him to do that. And through that, he's actually going to see it is the Lord. Yeah. It is the Lord. So learning to live an open life before the Lord, to maybe pray those kind of prayers, maybe someone saying, I don't even know if you exist, God. And right now I'm I'm mad because... A loved one is not here anymore and yep. you didn't heal him. Yep. And sometimes that's how we feel and that's what we harbor inside. But yep. prayer is a heart that speaks to God. It's not a religious activity. Right. And, and I think it's a relational activity. Mm-hmm. And, and so we, we learn to open our hearts before the Lord. And as a result, we, we open our hearts to people. Mm-hmm. Now, in conclusion, would you say that would you agree with this phrase that you're you can only be you but how much of you you give to people can be different so like different circles of uh intimacy or fellowship or are you fully wide open the same way in every circle i try to be as open as i can in every circle 
mm-hmm. that doesn't mean I lay out all my stuff to everybody. It's two different things. Right. It's access or intimacy is are different things. Like I, I say, you've heard me say it, I can be intimate. I can open up and be intimate with 10,000 people, and I have done it you know, many times in big places. And some love me for doing it, and then they're like, I wish that I could be that open and see the Lord and have those experiences like that man is there. And then the other people hate me because it makes them so uncomfortable. That doesn't mean I'm pouring my dirt out to them. Right, so, so you're saying you can be fully open in every circle, but not every circle has that kind of access to you, mm-hmm. kind of like the 12 disciples of Jesus or the three that went to pray with him. So we see Jesus having different circles. That's right. And that was access to him as a person. Mm-hmm. But as he was with 5,000 people, he would open up his heart fully mm-hmm. to that 5,000. Yeah, I don't and, think he ever closed himself to anybody. Yeah, he lived open. Right. But as in the Mount of Transfiguration, there were really only three plus the two witnesses. Yeah. When he actually revealed all of himself mm-hmm. before he died and was resurrected. Wow. I mean, everything inside. I think that he still lived so open that it unnerved people. And I think that's how we're supposed to live. Like, it kind of makes people nervous. Like, mm-hmm. it's just weird. And he wasn't afraid he because wasn't afraid he, he healed on Sabbath. It, he knew it was going to stir up a lot of stuff. Oh, yeah, and they tried to kill him. But, but for him not to heal on Sabbath would mean he wouldn't be fully open. Or himself. Or himself. Yeah. So, so it wasn't pride. It wasn't arrogance. It wasn't this on purpose, I'm going to push their buttons. Oh, yeah. It but, wasn't being provocative. Yeah. It, but it was just living that open life and, and mirroring the Father um, on this earth. Mm-hmm. He did a lot of things that a lot of people like would consider us like us as ministers would consider foolish. Mm-hmm. I would never do that. That's a bad leadership move. It's a bad leadership move. Don't do that. But Jesus set an example like, you know what? I'm going to do it anyway. It's not be not to be provocative because I want to model what true leadership looks like. Mm-hmm. Being wide open, doing only what you see the Father do like that mirror that we were talking about, that yeah. simultaneous mirror. Instead of having these formulas and strategies and programs and all that's all okay, but it has to be breathed on by the Holy Spirit and you've got to be open when you do it all. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, everybody's going to go, it's just another business. Yep. They're no different than IBM executives. They're, so just, they're just making this hierarchy and, you know, it's spiritually led, but it's not spiritually open. Mm-hmm. Like you're no more transparent than uh, Jeff Bezos. You understand? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. So good. Well, we have to wrap it up. 30 minutes passed by way too fast. Yeah. What are the couple things you would say is the greatest joy of being a father? Seeing my kids just be themselves. Not uh, wanting little Randys around the world. Like my natural kids just being themselves, my spiritual kids growing up in them, their own self with the Lord instead of somebody else's idea of who they are. That's good. When I see that, when I, another real joy is when I see guys like Vic, guys like you, who say things that touch me so deep that I've never thought about in my whole life, 
all the experiences in my whole life, and I've never thought about things like that. Scriptures, I've never, never got the depth of the revelation. When you guys say them, I go, my God, that is so satisfying to me mm-hmm. because I learn from it and I take it in deep and I don't like, oh, that's good, you know. Yeah. And I don't give them this little, you know, pat on the head. I'm, that's incredible. That's that's satisfying to me. Wow. So good. You got kids of your own. You you feel the same way. Oh, know? yeah. They're real young. <laughs> Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. They are they are awesome. I have four yeah. daughters. Yeah. They are. Well, thank you. Thank you for joining us, Randy. Yeah. Thank you for those of you who are tuning in. Uh we'll see you next time. Share this podcast if this blesses you. We are out. <laughs> <laughs>